Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 305. What I want to make sure is that when I'm there, other people are having a good time. Other people enjoy being there. You know, and at the end of the day, you can create an environment where people genuinely like being there and people feel good about themselves and they feel good about other people. You know, that that's just something special that will work not only in business but in every aspect of your life. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurantowner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10-day pass for only $1. Get on it. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Bobby Burns. Bobby, you know what's coming, man. Are you feeling unstoppable today? Eric, I am feeling (laughs) unstoppable today. I am uh, chilling, (laughs) watching the rain over the Great South Bay, and life is good. Yeah, and uh, I think this was probably the most... uh, intimate uh get to know you before the interview ever uh bobby was so patient uh dealing with me and my technical difficulties on my end so thank you for your patience and we're finally recording and this is going to be a good one because we just were talking for almost an hour and uh i'm oh, telling yeah, you man. bobby's got some good stuff he's cut from the same cloth this is going to be a good one so awesome uh initially treating the restaurant industry as means to financially sustain plenty of other creative endeavors bobby burns is now 24 years in What got him hooked is the raw transparency and intimacy between the bartender-guest interaction. Bobby has had experience in all genres of the industry, from corporate restaurants and fine dining venues to nightclubs and dives. Today, he is the general manager to uh, Forest Hills Station House in Forest Hills, New York. And this is obviously just scraping the surface about who you are and what got you to where you are today. Um, But let's get that motivational, inspirational, ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. All right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got two if that's cool. And one uh, really applies to uh, just everything in life. It's something I always try to keep in mind. Um, it, it's this quote, it's, uh, you are what you have done. What you will be is what you do right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think often we, uh, you know, have ideas and we kind of put them off, but you know, that quote is something I always keep in mind because, you know, when I'm thinking about doing something that tells me like, stop, man, do it right now, you I know? And, it. uh, 
yeah, it, it, it's awesome. I and, love it, uh, man. Uh, the other one I always think about, and that really comes to like uh, you know employee relations and, and training people. It's a Richard Branson quote, and you've probably heard it before. Uh, it's train people well enough so that they can leave, treat them well enough so they don't want to. Uh, and uh, I, I think that you know both quotes actually kind of tie into each other. Dude, so. <laughs> I love these two quotes, and they're like <laughs> they're like literally like the biggest lessons I've learned doing this podcast. And just yeah. to, to put it in my own words, that or my own words, that first quote: uh, "You are only as you know good as." you want to be so be a little bit better yep. than you were the day before and if you just keep showing up to to be better right now you will progress you don't compare yourself to people who are way better than you or way more successful don't compare yourself to people who aren't as successful compare yourself to yourself the, the day you were before and over time and you're just going to crush it and then that whole treat people and train people like dude like your goal is to get people to – I've said it so many times. Your goal as a restaurant owner is to get your people to leave because you treat them so well and give them the skills they need to go open their own restaurant. And if you do it right, man, you can invest in them. And then you can grow laterally. Absolutely. You, it, it, it's, it's beautiful, dude. Wow. Way to come out of the Absolutely. gate. Absolutely. I'm pumped. Absolutely. And um, speaking of training and creating uh, incredible professionals, uh, we got to give a shout out to Vito. Vito is the reason why you're here. Thank you, Vito, for... Uh, Dude, he is awesome. <laughs> thank you for it, suggesting, it, Bobby. Go it, ahead. It, Vito, it, it, Vito is such such an asset to, to have at that place. I mean, he is like a sponge. He is just always reading. He is so passionate. He genuinely loves what he does, and uh, it, it's just incredible to have a guy like that around. Yeah. He's got it, man. He's got yeah. what it takes. I can tell. He's going to do incredible things. Uh, yeah. Again, thank you, Vito. And uh, all right, let's talk a little bit more about you. So I gave uh, the listeners uh, just a quick aerial view of who you are. Real quick, tell us a, a uh -huh. little bit about your 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 restaurant uh, and uh, what you guys got going on. And then a little bit uh, – we'll just start there. Go ahead. Okay. So at uh, Forest Hill Station House, where we're you know, very much uh, a gastropub. Um, what we really try to focus on, we've got uh, sort of like a traditional bar atmosphere, but we, uh, you know, try to focus on just, you know, elevating the food above bar food. We've got like a big love for like street food and bar food. So we try to take, you know, food from different cultures and marry them together um, in a bar food kind of way. And then uh, when it comes to the beverage program, uh, we focus on craft beer. Uh, we focus on whiskey. We've got over 120 whiskeys from around the world with a strong focus on American whiskey. Um, and the cocktail program is uh, an incredible program. You know, we use a, a lot of different ingredients. We try to really be adventurous with it. So what we're really trying to do is to take what is uh, modern and current uh, in our business and just marry it all into one. Awesome. So, you know, if I could just go on for one second longer, like if you go to a beer bar, often like a, a fantastic beer bar, often you can't really get a good cocktail. If you go to like a, a cocktail bar, often like the beer selection is limited. So we just want to try to take, you know, all that stuff. And when we get a table where somebody gets a whiskey and another person gets a cocktail and another person you know, gets a beer and another person gets a glass of wine. We're like, awesome. We're, you know, firing on all cylinders. Nice. So awesome. Well, thanks for your yeah. kind of painting that picture for us, letting us know what you're up to, getting a better idea yeah. of who we're talking to. But now let's really dive more into you and your journey to get to where you are today. So, uh, how did you break into this industry and, uh, really paint that picture for us? 
Well, it, this is, I've always, you know, been in this industry. You know, and one of my first jobs was uh, washing dishes at a McDonald's. Okay. You know, uh, way back when, and uh, you know, I, I just loved being around people. You know, so uh, I did that for a while. Then I, you know, moved on to uh, work with Starbucks, and this is like 20 years ago when Starbucks was like just coming up. And with Starbucks, I ended up working my way up. I became uh, an AGM uh, at the Astor Place location, which at the time was the highest volume Starbucks in the country. Um, did that for a while, then decided, like, you know what, maybe I want to go back to school. So uh, I went back to school, and I, I was studying uh, you know, poetry and creative writing, and uh, started getting a little disenchanted with that. So I went back to restaurants, and you know, for a long time, I was just coasting. Um, working for uh, TGI Fridays, uh, working corporate restaurants. And, uh, you know, finally I said to myself, like, you know what? I actually I love, I love being in restaurants. I love that every day is different. I love that it's completely dynamic. So I, I just really started throwing myself into it. Then I started working fine dining restaurants. I started learning about wine. I started learning about whiskey. I started learning about everything I was selling and just became really passionate about it. And, uh, you know, from that point forward, I just kept progressing. And, um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, just uh, changed the beverage program at a, at a great steakhouse on Long Island. And one of the regular customers told me that he was opening a bar that wanted me to come manage the bar. And uh, that's pretty much how I ended up at Forest Hill Station House. Awesome, man. So was there a moment, yeah. can you bring us to a specific moment where you we're all in like you were committed. Like this isn't just a job to, you know, sustain my lifestyle. But when did you say to yourself, I'm going to be a professional restaurant person for like the rest of my life. When did that happen? But it, it, it was sort of like, I wouldn't say it was one exact moment, but it was like the same moment over and over again. Uh, and that's, you know, like I said, I, I was studying poetry and creative writing and I was always a very creative person. I always wanted to, to do something where creativity would be very much involved. Mm. And what, what I found with the, you know, the writing thing or, you know, just arts in general was that, you know, there were a lot of people who, you know, when you're getting together with other people and you're, you're exchanging art or poems or whatever, you know, people will start to tell you what they think you want to hear so that you tell them in return what they want to hear. And it started to seem pretty disingenuous. Mm. And what, what I found with the restaurant industry or like making a cocktail is if I put a cocktail in front of somebody and they don't like it, I'm going to see it on their, on their face, especially because they're paying for it. You know, it, 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 it's kind of this different interaction. So to me, there was a, a lot more honesty that I could get out of being creative when it came to restaurants. And uh, eventually that just kind of took over. And I started seeing, you know, restaurants, which was the sting of just, you know, paying my way through college as uh, a real career that I could enjoy for the rest of my life. Mm. Let's dive into that whole experience of uh, giving somebody a drink and noticing they don't like it Um, because there's Mm -hmm. something special in you, Bobby. I know there is uh, something that is very unique in people who are successful in this industry. How does that make you feel when you hand something to somebody and they don't enjoy the experience? What's going on in your head? Well, the point of what I'm doing is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make somebody happy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give somebody a good experience. So, you know, if uh, I give them something and they don't like it, then I'm going to try to find something that they will like. Why? You know? Who cares? So- 
dive deep, man. Give me <laughs> the good stuff. Why does that matter so much? Why is that important to you? Because it's important to make people happy, man. That's what that's what life revolves around. Everybody in the world wants to be happy. What do you mean you know? life and revolves around people making happy? Dive deeper into that. <laughs> life revolves around you know people being happy the one thing that we all share as human beings is that everybody wants to be happy so we we can have differences with each other but at the end of the at the end of the day we all want to be happy and it, being able to make somebody else happy you know and even having this financial transaction that takes place because of that is very very special mm. you know so so it, it more it transcends restaurants you know and it, it just comes down to uh you know how to live a good life you know mm. what are you feeling when you are able to make somebody else happy, take me through that emotion. Well, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, a more important person. I, I feel like uh, I, I've done something that, mm. you know, is uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, getting that karma ball rolling, you know, mm. because uh, I made somebody else happy. They're going to be in an awesome mood. Mm. They're going to go out. They may make somebody else happy, you know, and it just compounds from there over and over and over, you know. So, so on a very organic level. You know, in the restaurant business, I, I you know, hate to sound too philosophical about this, but, you know, we're, we're changing the world for good. You know, if what we do is, you know, just make people happy and that's the point and we keep that in mind, you know, we get that karma ball rolling and, uh, you know, you, you can change the world that way, man. And that's pretty cool. Awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, I really do. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about the path you took me. You, you, uh, at first, it seems like you're a more reactionalist trying to get jobs, uh, and then you yeah. eventually wound up at uh, the station house. But yeah. um, what were some of the key moves you think you made, whether it was intentional or unintentional? What were the things that you were doing as a person that opened up doors and opportunities to you? Well, it, as a as a person, or you know, just in terms of uh, the career or what I was doing, you know. Uh, like- as a career, I, I think it's, I mean, in this industry, isn't, don't they go hand in hand? I feel like, uh, so yeah. like, how were people like, how did you go from just getting, uh, this role? What role did you have when you first wound up at, uh, station Hill or sorry, station house, <laughs> station house. Uh, I was hired as uh, the general manager, but I was also, I was, uh, bartending uh, two nights a week and I, I was managing four nights a week. Um, yeah, so that's what I was doing when I initially got there. Okay. I, I guess I, I'm thinking the question might be like how I got there or what I, what I was doing before that. So you you got before. there as a manager. How did you get to right. become the general manager? What was it about you that opened up these opportunities to get you to this point? Well, the, uh, there's four owners there, and one of the owners would uh, come into uh, this place, Teller's Chop House, uh, which is a fantastic steakhouse on Long Island. Uh, where I was working, and uh, we had recently changed the cocktail program. A lot of the cocktails that were on the menu were my cocktails. I was very, you know, meticulous with what I was doing. I thought deeply about ingredients. It's not like we're just shaking apple martinis and stuff like that. And uh, one of the owners came in there, and he really liked that, and uh, he wanted to get that going in Queens, you know. So, uh, you know, he asked me to come over there, and um, he, he was just an awesome guy. You know, it was the kind of guy that uh, I definitely wanted to work for. Like every every time that this guy would come in, he would come in with employees. He was he, he would treat his employees just great. And uh, I thought to myself, like, yeah, you know what? I want to go work for this guy, even though I was going from, you know, what was at the time the, the highest Zagat rated steakhouse on Long Island to 
a bar in Queens, to me, I, I was going from, you know, working for, for people who I enjoyed working for to working for someone who just seemed like an amazing person to work for. Mm. Two things I want to take out of that. Um, first, people don't work for restaurants. People work for people. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, don't think that, like if you want to, you know, get the best people, become the best person and treat people right. amazing and you will attract those amazing people onto you. Absolutely. Um, man. Which is a huge lesson to take from what you just shared from us. Also, uh, you took your job seriously. Uh, you didn't do what was expected from you. You exceeded what was expected from you. And when you did that, uh, you got noticed. And somebody who understands how people work said, I'm going to invest in this person. They have what it takes. Dive deeper into Absolutely. how that's so important. Well, you know what? It, it's, uh, you know, there's two kinds of people in, in this industry. There, there's the people who are like paying, right? Using the industry to pay for something else. And then there are people who are really passionate about being in this industry. And I think once you get to that point, when, once you flip that switch, and I think we, a lot of us start off, as the people who are paying for something else. But once you flip that switch and you really dive into it, that's when you really start enjoying what you're doing. And if you're really enjoying what you're doing, that's when you're really becoming passionate about what you're doing. Mm. You know? So uh, I think that is, uh, you know, when you notice a passionate person, you know, you, you find them to be valuable and, uh, you know, you want to take care of them. And passionate people, I think, are drawn together. Absolutely. You know? So... So what advice do you have for that person who is working in the restaurant industry right now with aspirations of one day opening their own restaurant um, who wants to get noticed? Uh, how, how do they find that passion? How do they find what they're truly – how do they narrow or like hone in on the, 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 the core of what it is that they love about the industry? Do you have any advice on that? Well, yeah. I mean it, if you're really passionate about this industry, you're also passionate about going out. You're passionate about you know going out for, for food, for drinks. So, you know, find the place that you really like to go to, you know, and try to get your foot in the door there, you know, try to find a place where you think you're really going to be happy working, you know, and uh, try to get a job there. And I, I think when you do that, you dive into it and you really start educating yourself. And in this business, you really have to educate yourself because, uh, you know, aside from going to culinary school, like on, on the bar side of things, when it comes to, to alcohol and beer and stuff like that. It's not like you can go, you know, take a college course at the, you know, your, your local college to learn about that stuff. So a lot of this you need to educate yourself about, but just really dive into it, get into it, enjoy it. You know, if you like this business and you're passionate about it, dive into it, you know, it. and the, it, the internet, like we were, we were talking about before this, you know, there is so much information available on the internet now. We have the world's knowledge at our fingertips, in our pockets, on our phones. If there is something you don't know and you want to know it, get on Google, Google it, learn it. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think this is a great segue um, into something I really wanted to discuss with you, something um, through my research of what you're doing over at Station House um, is that whole idea of around education. Um, and I feel like yeah. you're probably going to go down this route anyway, so I'm just getting us there now, uh, which cool. is – uh, the emphasis you put on educating your people, creating a culture, an environment where people can excel uh, with their own self-education, their own self-learning. Talk to us why. Talk to us about why that's so important. Well, you know, the more educated we are about what 
we are, are selling, or I, I don't even like the word selling, but about what we're sharing, the more educated we are about what we're sharing, um, the more we're going to get other people to be able to enjoy it and share in our passion for it. So, you know, having a, a very educated staff to me is extremely important, you know, and uh, so we do have, uh, you know, there's a lot of reading um, that I assign and maybe that kind of comes from my like English major background, you know, and, and wanting to be a teacher that I'm like now assigning reading and whatnot. But, um, you know, when everybody gets into the reading and every, everybody, you know, starts learning and then people start talking to each other about, you know, mash bills and whiskey and stuff like that, you know, it creates this culture mm. in our restaurant where, you know, it, it's not just like a signed reading anymore. It's like people actually want to do this stuff. Mm. So, you know, I may say like, okay, you know, uh, I'm going to hire you as a bar back. I know you want to bartend ultimately, but there's going to be like a thousand pages of reading before you get to that point. You know, at first somebody might be put off like, oh, I, I got to read a thousand pages before I bartend, you know, but <laughs> once they get into it and the culture of the place is like, if people are talking to each other, like, Oh, Hey, did you read proof? Oh, Hey, did you read the fine art of mixing drinks? You know, when people start talking about that, People really get into it and they want to learn. And when people are learning, they want to share knowledge. You know, so when we have a staff where they're learning and sharing knowledge with each other, they're going to be sharing that knowledge with our guests also. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I really like about that is when it comes down to it, uh, I, I think the restaurant business, it's not about like the food we're selling, you know, the booze we're selling, whiskey, beer all that stuff really it's about how people feel while they're there, mm. you know? So if we're getting someone who is used to, uh, you know, drinking Jack Daniels to try George Dickel or to try a different Tennessee whiskey and they get into it and they start talking to the server about it and the server is knowledgeable enough to start telling them about Tennessee whiskey, they're going to leave there. They're going to, you know, go out somewhere else, be with their friends. They're going to be able to talk to their friends about Tennessee whiskey. You know, so it, it, it's not just like, you know, that we're selling them something, but we're giving them this experience. And uh, to some degree, we're, we're kind of like enriching their lives. Oh, yeah, because now absolutely. They, you know, they can go out and now converse with their friends about this stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, just going back to, uh, you know, being positive and, and making people happy, sharing information, mm. you know, doing what you love and sharing your passion. So I, I- I want to come back to this whole how people feel while they're there and how educating your staff can educate the guests and how people, how that just that whole process of educating and learning about something can tie into emotion. But I want to Mm -hmm. go deeper into this concept of creating a culture of sharing knowledge of learning because it's, it's not. Like you can just get a couple of books that you've read and you say, you know, throw them in the office and say, Hey, there's a couple of books. If you want to read them, what, specific things do you do give me some like steps some processes some some things we can all do in our restaurant starting today to really enforce that culture you've created at station house can you think of okay. specific things absolutely yeah i n- number one I, I kind of feel like it's restaurant 101 to some degree is uh, you need to have a structured training program and you need to follow up with that training program. So you can give somebody a manual and say like, okay, read this, you know, we're, we're going to put this to use, but you also need to 
you know, quiz people on that stuff. And you need to make sure that people are actually getting into it, reading, learning. You need to follow up with them. You need to get some feedback from them on, on how they feel about it. Um, but you really need to put that knowledge to use. So we have one of the things we do um, at Station House is, uh, you know, we, we let at the end of a shift, we let every employee have uh, two drinks. Right. But that's not just designed so that people can wind down. That's also so that people can, you know, taste a new whiskey we got in, talk to each other about it and actually use among themselves, you know, what they're learning about. So that. So, so that is, you know, that's one of the things that's really important. OK, so you, you want to have a training program, but you want to follow up with that training program. You want to make sure that, you know, what people are learning they're actually using, you know, and they're using on a daily basis. You know, awesome. This is some good stuff. We have some things I really want to dive into. Um, so you say you have to create that structured training program. Absolutely. What does your structured training program look like? Give me the specific things you do that are like the different stages of that training program. So th- there's a, uh, an initial training program and, and I guess I can take you through, uh, the um, I, I guess the, the whole thing from the ground up. So, you know, basically at this point, uh, what I try to do is hire people who uh, are, are going to bar back first because I, I want to kind of teach people from a, a clean slate, you know, the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this even goes back to, to basically hiring. Okay. So one, one of my philosophies when I hire someone, I actually don't look for experience in the restaurant business. I don't care if you have experience. I don't care if you know about beer or, or whiskey or, or, or cocktails. What I care about is uh, that, number one, you're willing to learn, um, and number two, that you're a genuinely good person. Mm. Yeah. So if I can hire that person who is willing to learn, who, who seems like they're going to be able to pick uh, things up quickly and they're a good person we get them on as a barback so as a barback now they're learning about you know just the basic things like making syrups juicing stuff like that but they're also learning about the importance of ingredients they're mm-hmm. learning about you know the importance of the, the syrup being exactly to spec they're learning about the importance of you know not pressing down too hard you know when you're juicing because you're going to scrape out some of the rind and get a bitter juice they're learning about everything we have on the back bar and we can have sort of an obscure back bar with a lot of like crazy ingredients back there uh so they're learning now about all this stuff right mm. while that's going on I'm assigning them, uh, you know, just basic reading, uh, like, uh, you know, a tasting beer by Randy Mosher. So, you know, they really start understanding the different styles of beer. You know, I'll assign them books on whiskey. So, like, just from the get-go, they'll understand, like, the difference between bourbon, rye, scotch, Irish whiskey, stuff like that. So they're, like, really getting the basics. Once they get that down, then we move them to a point of being a server. So now we're teaching them service style. Now we're teaching them how to share a lot of this information with people, you know, and uh, while they're a server, then we start getting into more like intricate learning. So uh, I like to use audible a lot and, uh, you know, I'll give people books on audible so they can go about their day, uh, travel or whatever, and like listen to books. So, you know, they'll get into learning like the real nuances oh, of man. bourbon. They'll uh, get into learning about bourbon history, you know, dude, audible and, is uh, a game changer for people oh, in this amazing. industry because who has the time after a 12, 14, 16 hour day, 
Who yeah. wants to sit down after doing that? And I mean, I can't even get my eyes open. And on your days off, you're doing laundry. Like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Audible, man, I'm telling you, if you guys, please do me a favor. If you're listening to this right now and you're not leveraging the power of audiobooks, go to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You'll get a free audiobook. And I'm telling you, uh, if you just, whenever you're in your car, whenever you're doing anything that allows you to listen to something while doing something else, listen to a book. You don't have to pay attention to it. Your Absolutely. subconscious will. T- can your subconscious is incredible if you just influence yourself with ideas and ways to think it will serve you in the long run uh thank you for bringing that up sorry this is did not mean oh, to no, go I'm, on a tangent <laughs> but um, no dude that's it. dude, audible is incredible i mean i'm, I'm not plugging them because i want to play but audible is incredible especially when when you're trying to teach people i mean to sit down and read a book uh, it is a, a very kind of stationary thing, and that's the only thing that you can do at that point in time. But Audible, you can do while you're driving. You can you know, listen to it while you're doing laundry, like you said. It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, it, it, to get back to uh, the training thing, you know, that, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Thanks for keeping us on track. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do when they're serving. Then when they get behind the bar, you know, I, I, I start, you know, uh, assigning books um, it, it just from, you know, really notable people in the industry like David Wondrich uh, and his book Imbibe is uh, just incredible. It goes through like the history of cocktails and really gives you like this historical understanding of, you know, where we are now and how we got here. Uh, and there's a bunch of other books like that. And then uh, one, once they're behind the bar, that that's where... Um, you know, I'm really now monitoring what people are doing, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, seeing where their style is going. Um, and from that point forward, you know, based on, uh, you know, if their style is moving too much in one direction, I, I might start asking people to, uh, you know, focus on uh, making drinks in a different way. Um, but it becomes really, really interactive at that point. And, you know, on top of all this, this reading and from, you know, the bar back to the server, to the bartender, there's also uh, handouts that I'm constantly giving people. There's handouts on, uh, um, the, uh, I, basically on, uh, I, I guess, uh, the psychology of interpretation, that's one that I'm really big on, um, you know, how people interpret things based on their current mood, you know. So I really try to dive into things deeply um, with people. And we, I want to come. I want to come back to that. I want to spend a few minutes on that topic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But um, um, you had. Do you have any other serious thoughts on training that you want to share before I ask the next question? I don't want to cut you off if you're on the road. It's. Well, it, <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, to me, training is not something that ends at some point. Just like, you know, with the, as human beings, like, you know, it's a, as soon as we think we know everything, we don't know anything. You know, training and learning is something that needs to constantly uh, be ongoing. You know, and uh, that I think is something that's uh, very important to, uh, to focus on uh, when you're managing a restaurant. So I'm curious, um, yeah. you, you had mentioned testing. Um, are there standards on when you – you test these people. Uh, do you have a structured program where people hit a certain milestone or a certain point and they take a test? How do you how do you manage all that in the back end? Do you do you have employee folders where you track all this education? How is is it that strict or where do you draw the line? No, everybody learns at a different rate. I, I think that's something that's very important to keep in mind. So you know, if uh, 
if I'm telling somebody, okay, you've got to have this book read in two weeks, they might be able to do it, but another person might not actually be able to get through it mm-hmm. in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not like the kind of thing where like, I'm going to penalize somebody because you couldn't get through it. You need to understand that everybody's different. Mm. And as long as the intention is there and the effort is there and they're trying to uh, learn and appreciating you know, uh, the learning that you're giving them, I, I think that's the most mm. important thing. So I don't try to structure it on a, on a time basis. Everything really, I think, is more tailored to the individual, you know, and, uh, you know, also keeping in mind their their own happiness. Like they may have a lot going on outside of work and they're working 40 or 50 hours a week. And then, you know, they're, they're also going to school on top of that. For a person like that, you know, I'm not going to expect them to actually get through the amount of information I'm giving them uh, to be able to do it as quickly as somebody else who is only working at the restaurant. Mm. So in, in terms of structure, I think structure is, it's, it's kind of, uh, based on, uh, you know, who that employee is. I love um, it, man. I, um, how, this is something I was thinking about, uh, that came into my mind as you were talking and the whole idea of when you, when you create, I don't want to call them hurdles because it's a negative word, but when you make people go through gotcha. the process of starting as a bar back, no matter what your experience is, like and pushing them through these resources to learn and evolve, how does how do you think that has served you? Not only are you like you know growing these incredible uh, professionals, but how has that served you as filtering? Have you found out that you filter out a lot of people that just won't make it because they don't want to put the work in or they, they it's not what they were, you know, they wanted to be the bartender. So I'm not going to do all this right. work. I'm not going to go through that. Has, has that served you of creating this filter to, you know, really get those people who are passionate about the craft, about the, 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 the thing that you're serving. Do you think that ha- has happened because of these, you know, these filters you put in place? Absolutely. I I mean, you know, one of the things too, going back to, uh, you know, the hiring process is, uh, you know, like I said, I don't really focus on uh, experience. I I focus on uh, someone's desire to learn, uh, their willingness to learn, um, and just, you know, what kind of person they are, you know, so I just want good people who are willing to learn. I mean, here and there, uh, I'll hire someone as a server or as a bartender, but you know, and it, it, often when you do interviews with someone who's been bartending for a long time, they have their own way of doing things and their own idea of how they should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it sometimes it can be kind of difficult to get around that. And I also don't really want to have conflict, um, you know, with with someone's own personal opinions. Um, so with hiring people as barbacks and moving them up. You know, it really uh, it allows me to, to get people, you know, bartending the way we bartend. Mm. So, you know, it, one of the things I, I'll often say to somebody when, you know, I, I get them behind the bar. And at this point, if they've bar back for us and they've served for us, they've been going out to like tons of different cocktail bars and beer bars. And they're starting to formulate their own opinions. I always tell people like, you know, so this bar training manual I'm giving you right now. This is not the right way to bartend. This is not the wrong way to bartend. This is our way of bartending, you know. And uh, it's, as long as, you know, you have a person with an open mind who uh, is going to take that information and run with it, you know, that's prime. That's key. So you know, why, so why is that consistency of the way, our way, so important? Well, because there's, you know, there, there's no right or wrong, really, to anything. You know, so so when I say it's not the right way, it's not the wrong way. It's our way. It just means that this is how we do it. You know, mm-hmm. this is uh, you know our way, 
of uh, sharing these things with our guests. Got it. You know, I, I, I don't want to tell I don't want to tell anybody my way of doing something is the right way. You know, and I don't want to tell anybody else their way of doing something is the wrong way. You know, but there is as our business, there is our way. Awesome. I want to wrap up this uh, topic of the the training in evolving people and that constant, uh, you know, pressure of just, you know, ongoing learning. Uh, I want to wrap that up with the follow up in uh, having those two shift drinks. I mean, when you're giving these two shift drinks, um, is there is there a conversation that has to go along with it or is it just kind of like there in the background that you're getting these shift drinks? They, they have to be something new. They have to be something different so you can learn like is what kind of what talk us through what that shift drink looks like and how that learning continues and is ongoing through that process. Well, it, it could be the kind of thing where, uh, you know, we get a new whiskey in and uh, you know, I'll talk to people about that whiskey while we're uh, having that shift drink. But it could also just be the kind of thing where, you know, the employees are getting together and, uh, you know, just ordering what they want and chilling and hanging out and talking about what they're having. Mm. You know, it, it's I want to make sure that things don't, you know, with, with all the assigned rating and things like that, I really want to make sure that things don't become overbearing and not fun. Mm. You know, it always needs to be fun and engaging. And if you have a culture in your restaurant, where people like learning about their product and enjoy talking about their product. It's not the kind of thing where I need to be present all the time while people are having a shift drink to make sure that people are learning about what they're doing. They're, they're going to talk about it organically. I love it. Um, you know? Have you ever had somebody who actually will keep a journal and like document and chronicle? Or- Absolutely. Really? That's absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. And, and absolutely. We, we've got, you know, we, we've got uh, a couple of people that do that and, you know, one of the things that I've been uh, talking about with our bartenders lately is, uh, you know, we, we uh, do, every Thursday night we do a cocktail challenge. So once a week I give people an ingredient that they need to work with and they come up with a cocktail that uses that ingredient. And on Thursday we run a special cocktail menu with that. So people have been in the habit of using like obscure, obscure ingredients like, you know, anything from like Batavia rack to breakfast cereal and <laughs> in, uh, in making and uh, making a, a mixed drink and a special menu for Thursday. Um, but they're doing this over the course of one week. Right. Wow. So they're, they're kind of like cramming it in and often, you know, they're doing it over the course of three days. So, you know, what I've been talking about pe- with people lately is, you know, it's taking like a month to come up with a drink, you know, and it, it makes something and tinker with it over time, take notes on it, you know, it take, you know, taste each individual spirit that you're using in the drink separately, take notes on that and really think deeply about what you're doing so that it's not just something that, you know, is happening over the course of a week that you're just putting on the bar, but it, it, it's almost just back into, uh, in art, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like when it comes to writing and stuff like that, there's always this term revision, revision, revision. You know, the same thing I think with uh, anything creative, even when it comes to a cocktail, revision, revision, revision. I love it, man. And oh, you just make it fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just making (laughs) it fun. You're not making it a job. People are showing up. They're learning. They're getting creative and they're having a good time. And um, I mean, fun is happiness. (laughs) So absolutely, man. man. (laughs) Do you want to keep going? I don't want to hold you back. I can tell you want to let something out and I'm not going to hold it back. (laughs) Just on that thing about fun, you know, I mean. 
it, it, the restaurant, it, it's a fun business. Going back to the whole idea, like what, how I make money, right? What we do for a living it's is so make fun. other people happy. Yeah, you know, and that is amazing. Oh man, it's great. you know, so so to have an environment where everybody is having fun, where people genuinely enjoy coming to work and enjoy. Uh, working with the people that they work with is incredible. And the fun, I think, is paramount. Keeping people engaged and making sure people are having fun is really how you build a spectacular culture in a restaurant. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, I, I want to come back to um, this word. Uh, you talked about this, the psychology. I can't remember. I, I, I'm like Dory. I, I have short-term memory loss. Um, so do I. <laughs> what was the word you used? Like, you mentioned the word psychology, and it was a type of psychology. It's uh, it, um. It's a, yeah. It, it's it's basically perception, okay. right? It, it's it, it's how we perceive things. So so I think in terms of the you know, say somebody hears about our business, mm-hmm. you know, and it, anytime we hear about anything, we're always going to automatically you know have our own perception about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember there was this movie by uh, David Lynch, and there was this one line where this guy's like, you know, I, I tell you, I have a dog, right? And you immediately envision my dog yet i haven't told you what kind of dog it is Mm. right so it's important to keep that in mind so if somebody learns about a restaurant um automatically just off of what somebody said they're going to have their own idea of what it is Mm -hmm. then they're going to go online right they're going to go to the website they're going to go to the yelp reviews they're going to have an idea on who we are based off of that then the next perception they get is when they walk to the front of the restaurant they see the the outside of the restaurant right again they're now altering uh, what, what their expectations are for this place. And then they walk through the front door, they go through that, you know, kind of like din of, of uh, car horns and stuff like that. And to now this like cacophony of noise and people talking and music and, and cocktail shaking and stuff like that. And expectations change constantly. Mm. So I, I think that's something that, you know, we always, always have to pay attention to is what kind of expectations are people having um, you know, as they're going through the whole process, as they're talking to the, the host, as they're being seated, as they're going through the menu, as they're getting water from the server, you know, expectations are constantly changing, you know, so it's very important to pay attention to how, you know, you guide those expectations. And, and that just kind of relates back to psychology. So what's the key, do you, in your opinion, to to really hone in on those expect, expectations and to see it from the, the guest perspective and to make sure that those, that you're not just meeting the expectations, but exceeding the expectations. Well, this is uh, something I think about a lot. So we are, you know, when I was uh, talking about the kind of place we are, we are a gastro pub. We've got like this traditional bar set up. We've got, you know, there's 60 seats in, uh, I, I guess the quote unquote dining area and they're all like high tops. So it's a very traditional bar. And then we've got, uh, 20 seats at the bar. So it's a, a long bar, you know, and it, very traditional. So I think when people come in, they're kind of expecting to some degree, you know, something that would happen at a traditional bar. But mm-hmm. because what we're offering in terms of the food is well above average, creative, whimsical, in terms of the drinks, same thing, uh, a beer list that's incredible, a whiskey list that, that's fantastic. I think, you know, you, you kind of set people up so that they're like, okay, this place is kind of cool, you know, but then when they get the product we're offering, if we really focus on the product that we're offering, it's easier to blow them away. Mm. And so, like, let me just, uh, you know, make a point. Like, when you go out to uh, a really nice restaurant, 
you know, and it's like 35 foot high ceilings and there's like trees in the dining room and stuff like that. Your expectations are super high. So the kitchen, the service, the, the bar, they have to work that much harder, right, to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so what we try to do is, you know, kind of get people to, you know, perceive our business through the initial ambiance. And that is just like a, a chill place to hang out. It's a place to be comfortable, right? And then when we give us, when we give them our product, if they get a cocktail and there's like smoke coming out of the glass while the cocktail is being poured into it, we can really wow them on top of that, you know. So that's it. It's very, very important to pay uh, attention, I, yeah. I think, to how you mold people's expectations. Yeah, I love it. And just listening to you talk, it just makes me think of something that I I've said before and I say often is um, we can't we can't meet. It's not our job to meet expectations. Uh, people don't recognize or, or acknowledge things that they're expecting because that's what they're expecting. And it's just part mm-hmm. of the experience of what they're expecting. But when you exceed the expectations or you do thing, something unique, something different that's never been experienced, then that is what will they'll remember. You become rememberable. You can't just do what's expected. You got to do things that people just don't see coming because you'll just be another restaurant. And it, if you, you can't just settle for that. Well, you, you need to understand, you know, how uh, you present the idea of your business. You, you really need to focus on that, you know, people are going to have certain expectations. And if you can really, you know, um, use uh, your media, um, you know, whether it's your website or uh, just to, even the music or, and stuff like that to kind of put people in the mindset that you want them to be in. You know, and then, you know, showcase your product on top of that. I, I, I think that's very key. You don't want to be something you're not, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm saying at the end of the day. You, you want to, you know, present yourself uh, in our case in, in uh, a real just chill, relaxed, cool kind of way um, and then blow people away on top of that. Mm-hmm. You, you want to just keep like up in the game through the whole experience. Dude, you keep saying things that make me want to go deeper and go further. And we're already at <laughs> 47 minutes. Uh, do you, do you oh, think wow. you can go an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes today? I'm just sitting in my car in the rain, man. That's cool. Whatever you want to do. I just want to dive because you in getting to learn about you uh, in in the documents you sent over to me, you put a lot of emphasis on on mindset, on Zen, on Buddhism and the whole Buddhist mentality. So real quick before you go move on to your failure, before you share a failure with us. How do we get into that mindset? How do we show up every day? with that positivity and how does that serve us if we can do that? Like just not just for the restaurant, but us as individuals, why is that so important mindset? It, it's really all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of uh, just having empathy mm. and uh, you know, really that really relates back to hospitality. You know, it, it's uh, everything that we're doing is trying to uh, make sure that, you know, the people who are coming in, and, you know, exchanging money for what we're doing are feeling good, you know, and, you know, just always keeping that in mind, always wanting to do the right thing, always really genuinely caring about something, not caring about somebody, not trying to sell somebody something, but trying to share with them and trying to care about, care about their experience. That's really important. You know, when, when you start looking at, at guests um, or employees as, uh, you know, as, as things 
or as you know, just sources of money. That that's where where you're going wrong. Not just I think in business, but in life. So if you're always really just trying to make sure that the people that you interact with are happy and better off because they interacted with you. And even going back to getting that karma ball rolling, like, you know, I was saying before, if you really focus on that stuff, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's going to be happy. And I, I think that's, <laughs> it, it, that's really, really, really key. And the it, money it, will come. If you focus on those things, <laughs> that's what's, that's what matters. Money doesn't matter. I mean, you need it to, to, be I mean, stick, yeah, it's to sustain a business, the business, but, but the goal shouldn't be money. The goal should be I'm here to make people happy. I'm here to 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 make a difference in the world. I mean, it sounds Absolutely. so freaking cheesy, but like that's what it comes I, down to. You're I, right. It does sound cheesy. I don't want to sound like a hippie, all right? But, you know, seriously, that's exactly what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. We are in the business of making people happy. Mm-hmm. That is special. We should focus on that. And it's not just the people who come in. It's the people that you know, work for you and with you, you know, it, it's just focusing on doing the right thing at all times. I, I think it generally yields good results and they're results that are mutually beneficial. I love it, man. Um, yeah. All right. So we got to get a failure. Tell us about a time, Bobby, where you just fell hard on your butt. I, I was <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking a lot about this, and uh, I, I think it goes back to when I was working with Starbucks, and I was the AGM at Astor Place. I was going through interviews to, to become a GM, and at the time, I was very young. I was 21 years old, um, and you know, at that age, you, you really don't have anything figured out. As much as you think you do, you don't. Um, and I it kept getting turned down for GM spots. And I finally started talking to one of the district managers in the New York city market. And what he had told me was that I was not grasping the concept of, uh, the internal customer. Right. So, and, and we've spoken about this a lot already, uh, on this podcast. Um, but the internal customer is your employees. Mm. They're the people you work with. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that, you know, it's, well, you want to take care of the customer. You also really want to take care of your employees. And that, for me, was like a forever turning point. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I definitely learned from that. I, I learned not just, you know, business um, a, a business lesson, but I learned a life lesson. You know, so at this point, whenever I'm doing anything, you know, if, you know, I'm the general manager at Forest Hill Station House or if I was behind the bar somewhere else, what I want to make sure is that when I'm there, other people are having a good time. Other people enjoy being there, you know, and at the end of the day, again, that that's, you know, special when uh, you can create an environment where people genuinely like being there and people feel good about themselves and they feel good about other people. You know, that that's just something special that will work not only in business, but in every aspect of your life. I have nothing to add. That was awesome. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. 
After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. We're back. And the first question I have for you, Bobby, is what is your it factors, habits, traits, characteristics, things you believe most contribute to your success? I think that definitely goes back to, uh, you know, the mantras from the beginning of the show. Um, it's, uh, you know, you are what you have done. You will be what you do right now. Another great mantra is uh, I love the Nike slogan, just do it. Mm. You know, stop thinking about it. Do it right now. And, you know, finally is, is that Richard Branson quote, which is all about, you know, just uh, teaching people and taking care of people. Would you say your it factor is awareness of what's going on around you to know where you are and to know if you're progressing? Uh, that's extremely important. Um, and, uh, that's where other people can also help you out as important to listen to other people because you have your own perception of what you're doing, but you know, that's only your perception. If you can get other people's input, uh, that's honest input. That's invaluable. Yeah. Uh, I'm now I'm going on tangents. Um, (laughs) a great book. I just wrapped up, um, emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Uh, if you get the audio version of that book, there's an interview at the very end with him and some professor at Boston university. Uh, and they talk about, uh, the key, what it boils down to is at the core of social and emotional intelligence is just that self-awareness of being able to take a step out of, like almost like outside of your body 
and to look at the situation and to be aware of where you are. Yes, um, exactly. That, that's so difficult to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it, man. Uh, what is your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness, uh, I can be impatient mm. and, uh, I, you know, and often like, uh, I mean, it, it is the modern age where like, you know, you, you want something, you can have it. Everything is available. And, uh, you know, so I continually try to push myself to understand that everything is a process. Mm. Uh, things don't happen immediately just because you want them to happen immediately. Mm. So off the top of my head, I, I think that is my biggest weakness. I dig it. Uh, that you, re- that you're aware of it and that you're working on it. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta be honest with your weaknesses. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, what is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Keep an open mind, listen to people, um, you know, and, uh, try, try to be collective. Don't be a person who's like dictating to others. Like what I, what I always think about in terms of being a leader is, uh, I always think about being a sculptor, right? Mm. So, uh, employees come to me with uh, clay, right? And clay is the ideas, right? And then I'm taking all the ideas I'm getting and then I'm kind of sculpting that into the direction that we're going into, you know? So I, I think being a leader, it's important to uh, try to inspire, but also make sure you're always learning from the people you work with. Mm. I love it, man. Uh, what is one question or attribute you look for when doing your interviews or trying to find that next team member? Um, I always ask people about, uh, you know, the, the last time, uh, they did somebody wrong and, uh, you know, how they feel about that. Um, yeah, I always, I always <laughs> that must get interesting. <laughs> it, it does, but I, I always want to, you know, I, I always want to, you know, like I said before, I always want to make sure that, you know, we're hiring people that are, you know, genuinely benevolent. And, uh, you know, at this point we have a staff of just really awesome, cool, good natured people. And that's huge when it comes to culture in, in a restaurant. What is a current challenge and how are you dealing with it? Uh, so I, the current challenge, and, and I guess this is actually how you start talking to Vito. Uh, the current challenge that we're having right now is, uh, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. And, and so now I'm just like trying to kind of tinker with things. So I'm trying to really get the bartenders to have a lot of fun while they're behind the bar and transfer that fun over the bar, uh, to the guest. Um, so there's a, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've taken my bartenders to uh, the bar employees only in Manhattan and, uh, and employees only like every night is a party, you know, the bartenders are always having a fantastic time. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, th- this great interaction. So what I'm trying to focus on right now, the big challenge right now is getting people to loosen up a little bit, especially with all, you know, the, the structure we have and knowledge and all that stuff. And, uh, just to really share the idea of having a good time with uh, everybody who's at the bar. Awesome. What is one thing besides food that your restaurant does really well that separates you from other restaurants? Well, when uh, you look at our Yelp reviews, you constantly see uh, great reviews about uh, the service and the people who work there. Like last night, um, you know, when I'm, you know, busting glasses and uh, this guy stops me and he's like, you know, I, I go to restaurants all over the place. I got to say, this is the best staff that I've ever encountered. Like everybody here is just the nicest person. Um, so that's pretty much that. Awesome. What is one book we must read to become a better restaurant owner or person? Uh, one book. 
You can you can <laughs> choose as many as you'd like. <laughs> okay. Um. It would, you know, going back to uh, you know, we were talking about like uh, how much information is out there and available. Uh, one of the books that uh, I I really dig. It's actually not a book. It's one of the great courses. If you're familiar with that. Uh, it's on Audible under the Great Courses, and they're basically lecture series um, given by you know professors at Harvard and Yale and stuff like that. But there's one that's called Thinking Like an Economist: A Guide to Rational Decision Making, um, which is all about you know finding that point where uh, you're benefiting and everybody else is benefiting. It's you know finding that point that's optimal for everybody involved. Um, and you said that's a website. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's actually available on Audible. Okay. Um, it's uh, there's a series uh, called The Great Courses, and uh, The Great Courses is just a lecture series, and it's lecture series on everything from like the, you know the origins of the universe to the history of food to you know American history. Um, but there's a specific course. It's called Thinking Like an Economist: A Guide to Rational Decision Making. And uh, that, to me, is uh, invaluable when it, when it comes to trying to figure out how to create incentive for people um, and just, you know, finding, you know, or making decisions that will be optimal for everybody involved. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And another shout out to Audible, guys. I'm telling you, uh, yeah. head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. And uh, we've given you at least three or four books now to check out and um, – if you do use my link, you will be supporting the podcast. Uh, but really, I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to get a conversion. I'm trying to steer you guys in the right direction. Uh, it, will, it will impact your life. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurants, and how has it influenced operations? Dude, that that goes right back to the whole Audible thing and the podcast <laughs> thing. And I mean, it, it's you know, you know what? It's it's the cell phone. If, if you have the cell phone is the world's history and knowledge in this little device that's in your pocket. And if you ever find yourself asking a question or there's something you don't know, you go on Google and you Google it. So I mean, you know, take full advantage of that. Absolutely. That's how I found your podcast. That's how I found you know apps that I use on a day to day basis. You know, just always look, always seek, always learn. Awesome. Uh, with all the knowledge you have now, Bobby, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of business business advice, what would it be? It was getting back to a point where uh, I always thought that restaurants were just a for now job and weren't a real career. I, I wish I would have uh, gotten back to my younger self and said to myself, you know what? You love doing this. Dive into it. I love it, man. Awesome stuff. Uh, if there is one question I could have asked you that would have provided more value to this conversation, what would it have been? That's a tough one. I, I feel like the conversation has been really organic and, uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's just been a flow. I mean, I, I'm, I, I might have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> All right, man. Well, <laughs> it was an honor, uh, a true pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for taking the time uh, out of your weekend to join me as a guest mentor. There is no question you're unstoppable. And I almost forgot to have you call somebody out. Uh, who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you admire and think would be a great guest mentor on the show like you were for us today? And, um, you know, Dushan Zarek comes to mind. He was uh, one of the guys who opened Employees Only. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met him once in New Orleans, and then I, I uh, you know, had a really long conversation with him about, uh, 
you know, humanism and the restaurant business, uh, a lot of the stuff that, you know, we spoke about today. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, he would be uh, a fantastic guy to have on the show. Awesome. Can you hit me with his name one yeah. more time? Oh, uh, Dushan Zarek. All right. And, uh, yeah, he was one of the founders of Employees Only, which is just an mm-hmm. incredible bar in New York. Beautiful. Dushan, look out. Yeah. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And I'll uh, let the folks at home know. Bobby, how can they connect with you if they want to come work for you, if they want to come have a beer or wine or a great whiskey over at the Station House? What's the best way to connect? Uh, you can uh, you can definitely uh, hit us up at Station House. You can even contact me via my personal email if you want. And that's uh, uh, coolhandgatsby at yahoo.com. Um, and just, uh, you know, even if uh, you just want to chat or exchange mm-hmm. information, that's awesome. So drop me a line. You got it, man. And you can head over to restaurant unstoppable.com slash three zero five summary of today's discussion will be right there links to the books uh, links to the resources all right there restaurant unstoppable three zero five now i'll say it again bobby there's no questioning man you are unstoppable thank you so much for joining us Thank you, Bobby Burns, man. That was a great episode. Tons of stuff to just recap, and I'm going to make it quick. First, this is what he ended with. If you love something, just go after it. Do it hard, man. And Why ignore it? But if if you want to be successful, man, you're really going to have to just tackle it with everything you have. If you have that passion, just hit it hard and learn from everybody you can. Surround yourself with those people that can give you the knowledge and the resources and the means to be successful. That's what Bobby did. Uh, He just embraced what he loved and now he's crushing it. And things they're doing in their restaurant. I mean, the biggest thing I think we can take away from Bobby and the station house is just that culture of learning and just sharing knowledge. And man, culture goes so much beyond just sitting down one day with your team and writing out what your culture is and you know here this is what we are it's living it it's doing it every day and really em- embracing what you say you are and what you say you want to be and for them it's that that place where you can go and learn about incredible spirits in the history behind these spirits and how it shaped our cultures and like that's what they're all about and they love it and they and they just thrive and they just embrace it uh so you know live that culture you say you, you know Think of something great you want to become and then live it and do it every day. And it's hard. It's not going to be easy, but it's so worth it at the end of the day. And then again, just, you know, it always comes up just being positive and just caring and spreading happiness is what it's all about. If you can create an environment where you can come to work and everyone's happy and everyone's there to learn and everyone's just, you know, good vibes are just flowing. Like, why wouldn't you want to create that environment? Why wouldn't you want to spread happiness? I mean, you can feel so great when you know you're making other people feel great. It's the best feeling in the world. Start doing it today. What are you waiting for? Awesome stuff. Uh, like always, guys, please connect with me. Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Facebook slash restaurant unstoppable, Instagram, Eric Cacciatore, Snapchat, Eric Cacciatore. Set up those one-on-one chats. That's how I connected with Bob Burns. Thank you again one more time, Vito. Vito's the manager at the station house. Vito called me. He said, Eric, I'm having this, this, this challenge. Let's do some brainstorming. And we did it. And an incredible episode was born because of it. So please, please connect with me. I love those conversations. I, I probably, honestly, I probably gain more from those conversations than you because I get to find out where the pain is. And then I get to use that 
to create content that serves everybody. So please do connect with me. And guys, guess what? I've already mentioned it once before, but I'll mention it again. Starting in March, I'm going to be opening up some masterminds. We, uh, I did my first mastermind, finished up about three months ago. It was a six-month commitment mastermind, uh, and it's a lot of fun, guys. If you're looking to uh, have a group of people who are at the same point uh, in their life that you're at and you want a support group, if you want to get your thoughts out loud, if you want the power of five minds at least, people sharing you know, sharing your challenges with other people and having all those brains going towards your problem uh, and to brainstorm and to come up with solutions and to have a support somebody who's holding you accountable to your goals and helping you setting goals uh, and sharing knowledge, sharing books, sharing resources and having great discussions. If you want to do that once a month, join the restaurant Unstoppable Masterminds. I'm going to be hosting three masterminds, guys, four people in each group. There's only nine spots left. Uh, So if you are interested, act now. Shoot me an email with the subject line, mastermind and i will shoot you more details on how to sign up all right guys i love you all so much until next time peace out